Blog Talk Radio. When I look back over my life and I see all the things God's done for me, been through dangers, heartaches, and trouble, I thank the Lord. Here to talk with Micah and friends, we would just like to take a brief moment of silence for slain trans woman Mia Henderson. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And yes, it is me, Micah. I am so very glad that you all have decided to take the time out of your busy day to listen to yet another episode, live episode, episode number 25 to be exact. Thank you so very much for that. Um, We are actually doing big things over here, and I cannot continue in the fight without your support, okay? Remember that you can subscribe to the show via iTunes by going to the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone device and searching under Podcast to talk with Mike and friends. You may also go to the iTunes store and library on your computers to subscribe as well, okay? Remember, the subscription is totally free, and with that, it allows you to know when a show has been created or posted, and it also gives you the opportunity to go and listen back to previous shows, dating all the way back to December 2013 when I first started the, this project, okay? Also, www.hipcast.com. That's www.hipcast.com, as well as blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah. Those are other two other places where you can go to listen to previous shows, again, dating back all the way back to December, okay, in the event that you are not an iTunes subscriber. Now, on last week, I told you all that I'll be playing Cupid in the month of August, and my team and I, you know, we're willing to bring two individuals together for a special blind day, okay? And, yes, the date is taken care of by us. That's right. We'll take care of your date. So how about that? Okay, give it up, give it up, give it up. <laughs> so if you're in the following areas, New York, D.C., Chicago, Atlanta, uh, Orlando, Miami, Houston, Dallas, Los Angeles, or even Philadelphia, you know, and you would like to be considered for, you know, next month's dating show, please email us at thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. Again, that's thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. Just hit me up and say, hey, Micah, I'm interested in the show. And at that point, I'll send you a corresponding email to let you know what you need to do to be considered, okay? That works? Good, 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 good. Well, I look forward to hearing from every one of you. All right, all the single people, right? The ones that are single and ready to mingle. All right, well, you know what? It is now time for our free and clear, free and clear, free and clear segment. I 
Thanks for always staying tuned to the free and clear segment. And before I give some announcements, I actually have to congratulate a few people for capturing some um, titles and things over the past uh, week or so. I want to say congratulations to Phoenix Rain on winning Mr. Dreamboy Continental. Congratulations, Phoenix. Xavier Matthews and Sasha Andrews on winning Mr. and Miss Texas Continental. And Ethan Edwards and Ushante DeFox on winning Mr. and Miss Lone Star Continental. Congratulations to all of you, and good luck at Mr. and Miss Continental Labor Day weekend. And let's not forget Miss Tanisha Iman on being crowned the 23rd Miss Heavenly at Large, and Miss Sasha Sanchez on being crowned the very first Miss Heavenly. So, again, congratulations to Tanisha as well as Miss Sasha Sanchez. All right? Okay. Miss Dumar Plus will be held August 10th, 2014, in Tampa, Florida, at Club Honeypot, honoring Nala Couture Alexandria, Hollywood Glamour. Entry fee is $200. Presentation is creative white, talent, sportswear or swimwear, evening gown, top five for, for the question and answer, okay? All right, again, that is Miss Dumar Plus, August 10th, 2014. Rulers Field Day will be held Saturday, July 26th, this coming Saturday, at Piedmont Park in Atlanta, Georgia, starting promptly at 5 p.m., being held by or hosted by uh, Mr. Cameron Black, the reigning Mr. Black Universe. So get your kickball team and your volleyball teams together. No sign-up is necessary at this time. Food, fun, and cocktails, okay? So let's have fun together in the name of the universe. For more information or more details, contact Cameron Black or anyone from the uh, Black Universe pageantry system. All right? D-West Productions and Western Pageants presents the fifth annual Mr. and Miss Western Newcomer Pageant, Arnie Marquise Francimon and Ramaya Black, to be held July 26, 20, through the 27th um, in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Jungle, featuring entertainment by the reigning Westland Court, Candace S. Brooks, Yesha Bubbles Alexander, Tariko St. James, Solandra Dupree, Seduction Dickerson, and Trey Buchanan. Categories include interview, seven minutes, presentation, white and green, Fashion for the males is sportswear, for the females is gown. Talent, five minutes, no solo gospels, please. Top five for the question and answer. General admission is 25 dollars. Reserved seating is $30, but from my understanding, reserved seating is all taken, okay? Doors open up at 6 p.m. Newcomer pre-show will start at 6.30 p.m. promptly, and the pageant will start sharp at 7 p.m. The host hotel is Micro Tail Inn and Suites. And for more, for more information, excuse me, I'm getting a little tongue-tied, contact D-West at dwestproductions at comcast.net. Or just go ahead and simply log on to Facebook, as many of you have, and just contact Mr. Diablo Quest. All right? And to round out the free and clear segment, what a better way than to have a few of the contestants that are vying for the covenant titles ask for your support and your patronage towards this weekend's festivities. So, with that said, contestants, the floor it's absolutely yours. Good evening. I'm Jordan Bonet Dupree from Miami, Florida, representing Mr. Florida Westland. And I will be competing amongst other great competitors to be the next Mr. Westland newcomer held July 26 and 27 in Atlanta, Georgia at the Jungle Nightclub. If possible, I encourage you all to come out and support this great system and all the contestants that's competing. To all contestants, remember, good, better, best. Never let it rest until your goods get better and your better gets best. With that being said, good luck and see you at the ball game. 
Hello, world. My name is Infinity Bonet. I am from Memphis, Tennessee, and I am the current reigning Miss Mississippi Westland newcomer. I will be competing on July 26th and 27th in Atlanta, Georgia, for the prestigious title of Miss Westland Newcomer 2014. I would like to extend an invitation for you to come out and support this great system, as well as the competitors on that evening. It's very imperative that you show your face in the place so you can be an eyewitness of this great competition. The contest will be held at the Jungle. Showtime is at 7 p.m. prompt. See you there. Smooches. Hey, everybody out there. This is Dash Davenport Dupree, all the way from the Crescent City of New Orleans, Louisiana. I am the reigning Mr. Mississippi Westland Newcomer, and I just want to take this time to personally invite you all to the Mr. and Miss Westland Newcomer pageant, which will be held in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Jungle Nightclub, July 27th. Showtime is at 7 o'clock p.m. I want you all to be there to come out and support a line of phenomenal competitors who are very excited to show you what they have. So, that's it. Again, that's the Mr. Westland Newcomer Pageant, which will be held in Atlanta, Georgia, 7 o'clock p.m., July 27th. Looking forward to seeing you all there. Hello, everyone. My name is Amaya Chancellor. I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I will be competing for Miss Westland Newcomer, July 26th and 27th in Atlanta, Georgia. I want to encourage all of you to come out and support this great system, the other contestants, and, of course, yours truly. I can't wait to see you all there. It's going to be great. Hello everyone, I'm Yahim Lopez Supreme. I will be competing to be your next Mr. Westland Newcomer on July 26th and July 27th in Atlanta, Georgia at the Jungle. I want to also send out warm wishes to all the other male applicants that will be entering the contest as well. I want to wish you all the best of luck and may the best man win. Hello everyone, from the Sunshine State of Florida. I am Ivan Santiago Black. Please join me in Atlanta, Georgia on July 26th and 27th as I compete to be your next Mr. Westland Newcomer. I would like to wish all contestants much success. Patrons, beware, because there is about to be a showdown in the A-Town. See you there. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, everybody. My name is Katravion, and I want to invite you all to come watch me and others compete at Mr. and Miss Westland Newcomer, July 26th and 27th at The Jungle. Please be there. It's sure to be a battle you don't want to miss. Thank you, contestants. And here at the Talk with Mike and Friends, we would like to wish everyone competing on this weekend the very best of luck, and may the best man and woman win. Next up, Coffee Talk with Jasmine Bonet. Stay tuned. Whenever I hear about a hate crime, I am shocked and saddened. One of these acts of violence and intimidation occurs approximately every hour of every day in this country. Imagine walking down the street and wondering if this is the day that you'll get beaten up or even killed simply because of who you are. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people constantly face this fear, sometimes with devastating results. 
that it's time for things to change. It's time we all stand together and say enough is enough. We will not tolerate hate any longer. We all have to get involved. We all have to give a damn. I give a damn. I give a damn. I give a damn. Do you? Join us at wegiveadam.org to learn more. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And if you are just joining us, you have joined at the perfect time. Um, years ago, and I, I will go on record to say for me, it was about 13 years ago when I first saw this lovely woman. Um, I, I wasn't fortunate enough to see her capture one of her dreams in person, but I was able at the age of 19 to see her walk into Club Chaparral only you know, about an hour or so after she won the prestigious title of Miss Black Universe 2001-2002. For me, being really fresh to the scene and to drag entertainment, I really couldn't fathom that this lovely woman, you know, being anything other than a woman. So I was like, you know, what is she doing here with this crown? I didn't know at that point, you know, but she was exemplifying grace, style, beauty, and she was so humble and sweet to the patrons who were, you know, just basically congratulating her on, um, on that evening and her accomplishment. I was in complete awe, you know, to say the least. And now 13 years later, all right, we are now having a conversation all about her, okay? So welcome to the show, trailblazer, icon, and nationally known entertainer, Miss Jasmine Bonet. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good evening to everybody. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you. It's definitely a pleasure and an honor to sit and talk with you on tonight and for the listeners to, you know, get to know just a little more about Ms. Jasmine Bonet. And if time does permit, we will get a chance to take questions or comments from your friends and fans. And, again, that's only if time permits because we do have some things that, you know, I would like to cover. So, Jasmine, let's go ahead and start because I don't want to waste any more time. Um, let's start with family, okay? Now, let's start with your childhood. Before you morphed into Jasmine Bonet, um, who were you? You know, yes, I want to use morph because um, Monique Brown, uh, her name, she's also known as Italy Zaire. We had a conversation, and she used, you know, morphine and, 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 and transforming and all of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm using that word now. So morph into Jasmine Bonet. Who were you? You know, tell us about your childhood, your upbringing, your family, all of that good stuff. Okay. Um, I was born in the kind of the 68, somewhere in there. You know, I was born in that in those years, so civil rights movement and all that, kind of on the outsprings of the civil rights movement. So my mother um, was part of segregation and all that, as well as my father. Okay. So I came up in the rural south, and um, we didn't have much. <laughs> you know, I know about right. chopping wood and drawing water and, raising mm-hmm. a garden, and, you know, we didn't even have uh, running water. We didn't have that till the late 70s. So I came okay. up very rural. So coming from that, um, I had opportunities that, that wasn't always, you know, there. So we had to make them. So mm-hmm. basically in life we had to um, we had to go and get it, you know, and it wasn't given to us, so... Those are the things that prepared me for the journey. And um, later on, like I say, we, you know, we were poor, and we moved on to the project. Later on, I thought we were in heaven because we had <laughs> right. you know, all, all of that. 
And I was uh, very active in school. You know, I did sports. I tried football and basketball and all of that. And I think I did pretty good. I just didn't like part of bathing with everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I the can shower room was, was, was horrible. So mm-hmm. that that kept me out of a lot of things. Um, but I loved school. I loved school. I was part of the annual staff. Um, I got most likely to succeed, best dressed. You know, okay. all that type of stuff. So I wasn't the typical, you know, I wasn't really bashed that type mm-hmm. of thing because I okay. was just always out there. I didn't I didn't leave room for that. I, you know, I didn't open the door for that. You know, I didn't entertain it. You know, sometimes I think we put ourselves in situations where, you know, where we welcome that. And mm-hmm. I always try to keep moving, you know, keep, you know, speak to them before they bash you. That was my motto. Okay. Speak to them before they yeah. bash you. So that's what I kind of stood on, but that that was my childhood. You know, I came came up pretty rural, graduated from high school, went on to college, and okay. um, majored in mass communication. So it's hey. ironic that you were <laughs> right. <laughs> that's okay. With what you're doing, because right. it's part of my job as well. Okay, interesting. Now, now, um, you spoke about your, your parents. Um, do you have any siblings? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have okay. four. I have four other siblings. Well, three other siblings that we were raised together. Okay. My, um, I'm the oldest. I have a sister under me, Lucretia. And mm-hmm. I have another sister under her, who's Chastity, and a baby brother named John. We were all raised together, but my okay. father was. Called a Rolling Stone. So I have past <laughs> okay. brothers and sisters. I think thirteen, fifteen to count. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And how do how do you pronounce the city of which you live or you live or where you're from? Because I was looking at your Facebook and I was like, I don't want to mess it up, so I'm not going to say it. I'll ask her how did you how do you pronounce that? Say that again. The the city of which you you're from or where you live currently in Tennessee. Oh, what's what's Tula what's the name? Tullahoma. 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 Okay, okay. Now, just from you know Facebook alone, speaking of it, you know it seems like you are very close to your family, which is which is phenomenal, you know. And I'm starting to see that now with a lot of trans women across the United States, and having speak, spoken with them, you know, over the course of um, season one and now season two of my show. Um, what type of values did your family instill in you as a child that you carry with you even to this day? Um, that nobody's oh, that nobody really owe you anything. You are responsible for yourself. You know that's that's pretty much what we were reared on. That you are responsible for yourself. If you can take care of yourself, you are helping the unit or the family. Gotcha. Okay. And and, and Jasmine, what's your advice? to the parents of other trans women that aren't as accepting in today's society. So what would you what would your advice be to those parents of, of trans women today that, you know, their family just doesn't really accept it or, or can't really grasp it just yet? Um I'm not a parent, so I really don't know what that feels like, but I can only speak for how my mother has related to me over the years and how she related to me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Was to um to embrace the child. You know, you can't can't get nothing accomplished if you're arguing, if you're in dispute, or you're downing or putting, you know, putting down. I believe that um, through her love, 
is what encouraged me to always reach for the better, you know. It kept me out of the streets. It kept me with respect for my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't allow me to do things that other people were doing because she loved me and respected me so much, even though after that I couldn't do nothing but to continue that. And it right. allowed me to stay away from a lot of things. So I would say to the um, to the mother of a person who is going through um, current situations, it's to love them, you know, and reach for the best. You know, there are something, if there's something still in that in your child that you can connect with. And I believe right. that if you uh, soil that and fertilize that, that you can continue to grow from there. You know, it's not easy. You know, I hear mm-hmm. my mama say, let's just let God be the judge. Right. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that she don't understand, but there are a lot of things that she she knows from being a mother. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, let's just let God be the judge. And we just love each other through our all, all of our circumstances in life. All right, just love and embrace. I, I like that. Um, so, so, so moving um, from family a little bit, and let's go. Um, I, I want to call this, you know, aha moments. You know, Oprah, Oprah speaks of aha moments. So. In life, we have a lot of those aha moments, you know. Aha, okay, I get it now, or whatever. Um, while navigating, you know, while navigating through uh, your journey as a young adult, um, you then decided to make a transition um, from, you know, living as a male to a female. So I want you to tell us about the time when you finally had the aha moment, and who assisted or helped you along your journey towards womanhood. Could you repeat that? My I can. Not not a problem. Yeah, my definitely. Niece, right, she got into right. church, and she wants to be a part of ministry. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell her without so amazing work that she right. called the number. Okay, but you can't stand right there. You go back in the other room, sweetheart, and call me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jasmine, the, the, the question was, tell us about the time when you finally had the aha moment in regards to transitioning from male to female. And, and tell us also about who assisted or helped you along your journey towards womanhood. Um, there really wasn't an aha moment. I okay. mean, my earliest remembrance, I have just always reached for trying to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I can just recall just wanting to be comfortable. If clo- I, clothing had no gender to me, they only had comfortability. They, I, I, I can only contribute what what it made me feel like when I put the clothing when my, when I put clothes on or I was mm-hmm. in situation. So I just kept reaching for what made me comfortable. But if you, I guess, if you're looking for a physical aha moment, that came when. I began to be comfortable. I began to let my hair grow. I began to um, shave my face completely, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and the aha moment came when I was, I had always been called a sissy and, you know, that type right. of stuff. But when people start referring to me as ma'am, mm-hmm. I knew that this is possibly something that I could really do. Right, right. Does that help anybody? Oh, most definitely, yes. And um, so, so about what age would you say, if you can remember, around what um, age did this happen for you? I was in college, and I was working um, 
at a department store called Sears in the greeting card department in Maryland. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, so and, this uh, happened in I, Atlanta. Yeah, this is Okay. Yeah. About say nineteen twenty somewhere in Okay. Yeah, I started, okay. To me, I started late. To me. Oh, you said to you, you started late. <laughs> to me, because I've seen so many, you know, young, 14, 15, 16. Right. They're coming out a little earlier now. I was before I really, you know, you know, I was really old. Like, I was old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I understand that, yeah, we, we spoke about, um, you know, just uh, some of the parents uh, of, you know, this particular, um, you know, day and age where they're having the, the kids that are coming out, you know, earlier and just saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable yeah. in my skin and, and things of that nature. And so we talked about that, so I, I totally get it. But, you know, sometimes it takes people, you know, a few uh, years, a, a little bit, you know, longer than unusual to um, to come to that moment. But thank you for sharing that. Um, I do remember, Jasmine, you saying at a roundtable discussion, which I found on YouTube a long time ago, and I, I resurfaced it not too long ago, but I remember you saying at a roundtable discussion, which was to empower trans women, um, that you didn't have an easy way through this life, um, which leads me to believe, you know, coming through in the early 90s as a trans woman wasn't as easy as it may be for some now. So um, briefly tell us, you know, what were some of the hardships that you encountered, and how did you push through to make it to this point in your life? Um, some of the hardships that we, I guess, had to deal with back then that they don't deal with now or not as much as now mm-hmm. is that there are not as, we didn't have as many resources, mm-hmm. and we didn't mm-hmm. have the, the uh, I guess, the phenomena of, you know, the whole gay thing now. To me, gay is popular. You're gay, yeah. popular. wants to be a piece of this and have something, some of the gay tokens. But we didn't have that. So, you know, we had to kind of find things through our own resources. We had to, you know, a lot of girls had to sell their bodies to get the money to do the things that they needed to do. Now, there wasn't really like a doctor that would see you and would give you the things like hormones and stuff like that. That you know, legally, you know, they right. were on the table. But now, nowadays, you know, they're you know, in doc. I think it's called a uh, endocrine doctor. Endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. So now you can sit down and you can talk to these people and they can do all your levels and all that. But back then, it was still really new, so we didn't have all those resources. So you know, that was that was part of the problem. You know, I'm just grateful that you know the choices that I that I did make panned out for me, you know, but I saw many girls that, you know, because they couldn't go to a real doctor or that they had to, you know, get things off the, you know, off the table and under the table and, you know, all those type of things, and we lost a lot of people in that fight. So, you know, I think that you need to be, you know, pretty proud of what, you know, some of your four sisters done, you know. They they went in there and, you know, paved the way that you could now walk in the doctor's office, so... Most definitely. Most definitely. I, I'm glad you brought that up because we, we spoke about that on the show that I had with um, the ladies a couple of weeks a weeks back, and they were just saying, you know, exactly what you said. You know, they weren't they didn't have the resources that 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 are available to trans women now, and it's like you know after all, the ladies before you know before them um, paved the way or made a way, it's like some of the girls are still not um, going that route. 
um, of being able to go and sit down, you know, speak with the endocrinologist and, and all of those things um, in order to, you know, help their transition um, go smoother um, than maybe the girls that came before them or the women that came before them. Um, I, I want you to um, tell us, Briefly, or not necessarily necessarily me, but just any any of the ladies out there that even though they have all these resources now, that are still you know um, going the opposite way, or you know going I guess I, guess I want to say cut, cut cutting corners um, to get certain things. You know, what would your advice be to those young ladies that that are even though they have the resources, they are still you know cutting those corners and kind of putting their lives in danger? What would you say to to those young ladies? Anything worth getting is worth working for is worth um, putting in time. You know, we nowadays, just because we have a great, you know, our everything's speeded up, we can get food in 10 minutes, you know, we can mic stuff, you know, four mm-hmm. dinners in three minutes, you know, everything's so fast. But some things I just think shouldn't be that fast. I think you should work towards some things. And I believe that if you, go, you know, stop going to these people in hotels and, you know, stop letting your girlfriends pump you and, you know, stop letting, taking everybody's prescriptions and all that type of stuff. Go to the doctor. Get, check up on your health. You know, find jobs that have health care. Um, there are a lot of things that I feel like could aid you to keep you from taking the short mm-hmm. route. So mm-hmm. my thing was for them was to stop, stop cutting that corner because, you know, that corner may save you some time, but... You don't know what you're going to have to deal with later on. Later on. You want it to the quick way. But go to the doctor. You know, it may take a little extra money, and you may need to, you know, be a little embarrassed here and there, but those people will, will take care of you because it's oh, yeah. You know, sister at Hotel 6 don't have no responsibility to you. She'll take mm-hmm. a CPR for a hip, you know. You know, you, you have no... You know, she don't have no responsibility for you. So if I could say anything to, to to the young kids out there, take your time. If it's worth having, it's worth working for. You appreciate it much, and it'll probably last longer. Most definitely. Thank you so very much, Jazz. And I, and I hope the ladies out there um, are listening because um, those are some uh, powerful words. Uh, Jasmine, uh, moving, you know, on, I want you to uh, tell us, a little about how you met um, Alexis Bonet and how she became your mother, your mother in the industry. Okay, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Did you oh. hear? Did you Did you hear the question? Oh, my phone had beeped. I'm sorry. Oh, oh that's okay. Lord have mercy, <laughs> Darnell. <laughs> Real name, Darnell. Mm-hmm. I met Alexis Bonet. Uh, I was in college. And I wasn't doing pretty good. I was in my third semester, mm-hmm. and um, I had, they had, I just wasn't fitting in good. Like, they were, the more, the more I was seen on campus, just, I guess, the more popular I got as being a sister. Uh-huh. But it just got to the point where it was just, it was, I just couldn't deal with it. You know, it was just everywhere, everywhere I went, you know, there was, people heckling and, you know, all that type of stuff. Me coming from a little small, basically white town to a mm-hmm. black college with all these black people, it was just a bit much for me. So okay. long story short, I ended up just, um, I didn't fail out, but I 
what you call it, you find your way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took a leave. Yeah, I took a leave. Right, leave. Uh-huh. And in my leave, that I I couldn't go back home because you know we couldn't come home because my mother lived in the project. So you know, after a certain age, you know, you're not legally supposed to come back. Right. <laughs> so exactly. you know that's how it is in the project. So I didn't want to come back, you know, and put another burden on you know on my people. So I took a job in a city, and um. I met Alexis through my job, really, you know. Oh, wow. uh, I worked at um, a greeting card place called Sears, and um, she was a part of, she lived in Mariana, so she would briefly come through. You know, I was familiar with her through that. But, uh, and that's basically how we met, you know. That's kind of how it all went down. Okay. And how much of an influence did Alexis have on you continuing your career after she left this world? So, so how much of an influence did Alexis have on, on your career? She really didn't teach me a lot about the industry so mm-hmm. much. Okay. No, no, I'm going to say about life. Okay. She really didn't teach me a lot about the life because she she done things that I just didn't, you know, I didn't. I liked her as a person, but I didn't care for some of the things that she 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 done. Right. So I didn't take a lot of what she said to me to heart because I felt like, you know, I I didn't really want to go the route that she was going. You know, I worked hard mm-hmm. for my little horns, so I didn't want to, you know, get kind of involved in that too much. But the, one of the main things that she did teach me was how to walk, you know, how to hold my body, how to position my shoulders and my mm. hands. Yeah, she was... She was a phenomenal walker, and she taught okay. me how. She told me once that um, you're going to go a long way, but you need to savor it, cover it up, meaning wear a cape because mm-hmm. you can you can hold back a little longer with a cape. She said you should always cape because the element of surprise is much more greater than a walk on. So I took that in life too. You know, I said. When I, didn't, when, I, when I wasn't working, I stayed home. You know, I never was just in the club because I always remembered save space, you know, save. You know, you know if you want to be in it a long time, you know, I see girls who burn out so fast, you know, you have to save face. You have to kind of pull away and back up, you know, when to, you know, fold them and hold them. As they say. Right. That's what it, taught me mainly was to uh, how to walk physically and, you know, into save face. And, and, and when you say safe faces, it's more so just, you know, for the girls. You don't always have to be, like you said, you don't always have to be in the limelight or in the club or get in your life as they, you know, just sit at home sometime and, and do just regular things, you know, and, and that. Because, you know, like you said, the element of surprise, you know, when you come out, if you, we haven't seen you, you know, we'll see you on the show, but we don't really necessarily see you at the club. So then, you know, come out, okay, Ms. Jasmine's out or whoever is out, you know, that's what, that's the surprise. But if they see you time and time again, week after week after week, it's like you're you're now a regular almost, <laughs> I guess, so to speak. <laughs> Jasmine, how, how did you find your way to the stage? Um, I was. Staying because I had dropped out of college, mm-hmm. staying with Alexis then by that time because from getting to know them, um, I was having hardships in school because she I knew somebody that she knew 
that I went to school with. And that's how I came to visit her and all that type of stuff. And when we dropped out of school, um, she opened her door to me. She said, you know, uh, I know you're having hardships in school. You know, you can come on. And she really was a good person with that, you know. She made sure I ate. She made sure I had a, a roof over my head. I had a little closet that I put all my stuff in. And mm-hmm. I, I washed dishes and I swept floors and all that. When I didn't have money to, you know, to do the things that, you know, <clears throat> that the household needed because I didn't have a job or whatever, I made sure the dishes was washed. I made sure the, you know, floor was, you know, I tried to make myself as small as possible, you know, right. leave, leave the house a little better off than you than it was when you came. So that's truly how the stage became because finding a job with long hair and, you know, the kind of iffy, iffy, iffy in, in my walk at this time was hard, you know. Mm-hmm. They wasn't they wasn't really they didn't really know what to say or how to, you know, package me. So she said, Come on, let's let's put you let's put you on the show. You can make probably fifty, a hundred dollars and you'll have your your part of the red. And I was like, Are you serious? Is that all <laughs> you know, all I got to do is put on the dress and just stand there. That's basically and that's how it all started. And that's how it all started. Now, um, Jasmine, you were a part of an all um, all African American show, you know, based in Atlanta, uh, called The Stars of the Century, which still dominates the city of Atlanta each and every Monday night. Um, how did you initially become a member of The Stars of the Century? Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Do we want? <laughs> which um, that's, that's totally up to you. <laughs> you want the PG version, or do you want the? Yeah. You, whatever version you like to get the listeners. This is coffee talk. Oh, <laughs> um, yes, I was a part of a great show. First, actually, it was the second cast that I had been on because I had been okay. on another um, cast in Florida. So okay. I had already been through the casting. I had already kind of knew what to expect. Um, but when it first started, I was, um, I think I had just won this. I had just given up Miss Florida or Miss Black America or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was living in Atlanta at the time, and um, because it was just better for me to live in Atlanta, do, having to fly at different places, Atlanta mm-hmm. kind of for, so right. it was more conducive for me to, to live in Atlanta. So I came back to Atlanta, make a long story short, and I was just, I was working at a gas station, <laughs> believe okay. it or not. I was working okay. at BP across from, is it Justin's Restaurant? Right. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. I'll pee mine. Yeah. That's, I worked I'll there. Sure, yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, because they didn't want me on the show. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want me on the show, but, you know, there is a God. Somewhere. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. The owner of the club that they went to, I won't call no name, mm-hmm. he said, Jasmine's back in the city. Why isn't she on the show? And I don't know what was said, da 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 but mm-hmm. in he came back and told me, he said, I told them, if no Jasmine, no show. If y'all mm. if y'all going to want to, if y'all say that y'all trying to pull all the girls together and, you know, we want to, you know, we want to make this fair for everybody because that was the reason they were leaving the other, the other bar. Okay. This bar was because they wanted to bring everybody together. And they said, well, if you want to bring everybody together, why is there still no Jasmine? So, mm. um, 
from my understanding, I don't know how true that is. You know, that's mm-hmm. what he told me. And that's how I got put on the show, you know. Uh, they called me and said, Jeff, we want you to be a part. And that's how I got asked to be put on the show. It was me. In the beginning, it was me, Bosch, and Tamisha. It was a lot of us. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, of, of course, we know that you're, you know, you're not a part of the show any longer. You live in Tennessee now. Um, what was your deciding factor of the reason as to why you left the show? Um, I went through a very difficult about three or four years right before I left. I had been wanting to leave for a while because I always have done something else anyway. I've always I taught school for a minute, then I worked at the mall. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done I've always worked and did the show. Right. Because I'm the one that I knew that I needed to put numbers in the system that one day I'm not going to, you know, that's not going to be there. You're going to have to do something. So I always wanted to to do something else. And um the reason that I really left the show was after a little bit had got really sick and mm-hmm. ultimately passed away, that that fire just was not there anymore, to be honest. It just was not there. And I felt I was doing the club and the show a disservice you right. know, because it had, I had moved back home and I was commuting back and forth every week, twice a week on Tuesdays and Mondays. You know, three hours one day and three hours, that was six hours, you know. That's a lot of wear and tear. And I did it for four years. And I had just got to... Hello, Jasmine. Now, listeners, it looks like Jasmine's phone has connected. We're going to just wait to see if she comes in, so I would um, ask that you guys be patient. Uh, let's see. Hello, Jasmine, are you still here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was talking to my <laughs> oh, listeners. God, <laughs> I was talking to my listeners. I was like, just be patient. She'll come back. But go ahead, continue. Okay. Um. So it had just got to the point where it was just it was more trouble than anything because we weren't making the money that we used to make because to me the show has had its day it's kind of run you know you know what I mean kind of had its, it had something else needed to be done at the time you know and I think they're doing that now you know mm-hmm. doing other things with the show as well but it just wasn't you know some days I would leave from gas money and all that I would leave more in the hole than I did if I had just stayed at home. Totally understand. So that was the ultimate thing that it just was not physically. It physically was draining, and then financially it just wasn't you know coming to par anymore. You know I did pretty good on tips and stuff like that, but that's not guaranteed. You know what I mean? Right, most definitely. So I wanted more substantial, so I enrolled in school. I always knew I wanted to do hair. That's something that I always you know could do and mm-hmm. wanted to do more of. So I decided to get in school and see what that was going to take me, and it has been a, a great journey, and, you know, I don't regret anything, and I hope Miss Naisha and all of them are not, you know, upset or anything like that. I think we're okay, mm-hmm. but uh, I just felt like that Some sometimes you need to start preparing for, you know, your future. You know? Most definitely. That just was not a future to me. Okay. All right, totally understand that. Now, um, you, you spoke of a little bit, and I just want to think of him, I just want Really, really quickly, because I don't want to, you know, hone in on that, because that's just a very um, special, you know, was a special person to you, confidant, lover, and all that good stuff. But I, I just want to 
uh, ask you, what what were your fondest memories a little bit? Oh, wow. Wow, so many. Wow. I'm sure you have a lot. <laughs> Oh God! If you know, if you know, bitch, you know, you already know. What I'm oh my God! Well, what is something that just kind of sticks out really quickly when you when you um, when you hear his name or you think of him? How how candid he was! Mm-hmm. How um, where we could we could be sitting in like a crowded room or a nightclub, and we could literally speak to each other by looking. Mm-hmm. Our eyes, our gestures. Yeah. We spoke a un. I don't know. I it's it's really. I don't know. I can't even explain it. But we could talk to each other. We had to learn those signals for what I needed to do on the show. Mm, okay. Truly, the greatest manager I have ever had. He told mm. me, you know, he 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 created JB Jasmine Bonet was you know he done pretty well. But I think when I met him. He really taught me my sexuality has to be, it was okay to be sexy. You know what I mean? It's okay. You are sexy. You know, right. Some girls have to fight for it. It's just it's just who you are. And if you're not being that, you look awkward. And when I got there, it, came, it was very, it just was easy. Stage became very easy for me after that. Because before then, I was playing to me, like playing fairy tale, you know, stuff like that. But when I just began just to be myself on stage, it came off sexy. So oh, okay. we, we learned the language. That's what I remember the most of him. And all the way to his to his you know, the day that he took his last breath while we were in the hospital together, we still spoke that language. You know? mm. The moment the last moment that made me laugh with him was the nurse that came in the room, this is two days before he passed away. Mm-hmm. I had went to the. I said, "Well, I'm going to go to the bathroom because they were taking his vital signs." Mm-hmm. And I went. I went on around the corner and did what I had to do, and then I came back. And before I didn't I always step to the door because I never knew how they, you know, what was going on. Right. And I didn't. The nurse didn't even turn around. She said, "That must be your. That must be your girl." Mm-hmm. And and we just looked at each other like, you know, why would she say that? Because she didn't see me. And she said, because every time you walk in the room, his vital signs go up. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to. I just wanted to know, you know, some fondest memories, and um, I know that was someone that was very near and dear to you, and um, had uh, played a major part in your career. So I just wanted to touch on that really quickly. But thank you so very much for sharing that, Jasmine. Um, now you've been able to travel across the country, you know, be it by bus, train, or train, uh, <laughs> to you know, to entertain thousands of people. Um, you know, near and far year after year. But what truly motivates Jasmine to step on and off the stage? <clears throat> and let me and let me add this. When you're actually at a place where you don't necessarily have to, what truly still motivates you? The people. Okay. The people. Um, okay. For me, I would have been kind of let it go after a while because, when you can't do all the things you used to do or you don't done all the things you wanted to do, <laughs> right. you know, and when you reach that point in life, you, you're looking for, I'm a, cha- I'm, a, I'm a go-getter. I like to give it my all. And once you don't gave it your all, you, you know, once you really feel like you've done everything on the stage that you mm. ever really thought you could, could do, it's time to take it higher. 
And what keeps me coming back is the people. I still get people who want me to come to different things and mm-hmm. events and stuff like that. But I have to pick and choose because now I'm in school. I, you know, that's a lot of my time now. But I really take stuff now that's emotionally connected to me, like I'll do Florida or I'll go somewhere that I've never been before, mm. you know. But if you just want, you know, but I kind of weed out the people that just want me to come and, you know, go to the bar, you know, that kind of the little bar gigs and stuff. Right. <laughs> kind of weed that out now. And okay. I'm doing stuff that I've never done before. You know, if it's a different city that I've never been to, I would love, you know, I love to look and shop and thrift store in different cities and places. So I use that opportunity. That's what really keeps me moving now toward, like, bookings, getting on stage and off stage. It's what happens before you get on stage. That's what keeps me there. You know, okay. like, I know I'm going to. You know, I'm going to run into some old friends and stuff like that. You know, you know, that's what it's about more so now. Jasmine, what is the, out of all the places that you traveled um, throughout your, your years of entertaining, what's the, uh, I guess I'll say, what's your favorite city or space, you know? Oh, Lord. God. Or, give, or you can give me three. You don't have to give me okay. this one. Give me Everybody thinks that, you know, when I come, that, that that's the favorite. Like like I just left Florida and they're gonna mm-hmm. swear, Jasmine, Florida is your you know, that's your favorite. Mm, right. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um Wow. Oh God, it's been so many for so many different reasons. But I'll give you a top three. I'll just give you a top three. Okay. Um I enjoyed um Saint Louis Okay. Was not St. Louis, Missouri. I think I think it's St. Louis. No, Kansas City. Oh, okay, Kansas City. Okay. Yeah. So we got Kansas City. Jasmine still here? I believe we lost Jasmine again. Hello, Jasmine. Listeners, if you can, just please hold. We'll see what's going on with Jasmine. Hope you guys are enjoying tonight's conversation. Hello. Yes, you're here. You're back. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all gonna throw me off the show? (laughs) No, no, no. I was just sitting here entertaining a while while you were away briefly. So you say so you gave me Kansas City. Kansas City is most definitely. Um, They were just so welcoming, Uh, and I had never been there before. Um, Little Rock, Arkansas, because okay. the shoot that was a, a great city, uh, and of course Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. What? What? I, I've never, I've never been to Tampa. I have a lot of friends that live there, and they they want me to come down, and I, and it seems like they have a good time. So, so why would you say Tampa is one of your one of your three? Because Tampa is the city where. That's who changed my life. Okay. Before, when I left Atlanta, um, I walked in a nightclub in Tampa, Florida. After I left Atlanta and got to Florida for doing the pageants, you know, that's how I got to Florida doing pageants. But we were going out to a nightclub in, in Tampa, Florida, and I walked in the club, and the club literally changed my life. They offered me a job making $500 a week and da 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 But not only that, they changed me. They taught me how to 
how to tan my body. They taught me how to take care of my skin. They taught me about electrolysis. They taught, mm-hmm. they took me from a blackhead to a red, you know, a crimson red hair. Um, they gave me speech etiquette, how to get rid of that country link. They said, okay, that's okay, but you need to get rid of that. So they really fine-tuned me. I just have to say Florida because they get dance classes, speech therapy, you know. It was just, you know, it was just like a, um, I don't know what you call it. It was just, it was overwhelming, you know, and they, it was so I would have to say Florida, just because of the grooming that they really, they put a lot of time in the branding of Jasmine Bonet. Okay. Well, let's give it up, Florida. <laughs> we got to give it some credit. <laughs> so, there, so there was basically some personal connection there. So, okay, I can appreciate that. So Kansas City, Little Rock, Arkansas, and, and Florida. We're not just going to single out, you know, one city for Florida. Now, um, let's think about, let's go move on up, like as I say, in church, higher in the program. Let's talk about your career. Um, in your personal opinion, um, what things or elements think are missing from the current day industry of female impersonation? Excuse me, from I repeat that because I'm stumbling. In your personal opinion, what things or elements you think are missing from the current day industry of female impersonation that you feel are vital when attempting to establish longevity in the business? Reality. Okay. Speak on that for me. Um, I think we live in a fantasy world. You know, we're so over the top that we don't live in the daytime. Okay. You know, after a certain hour, we we are in the house, and then we don't come out until another certain hour. But to me, there's no there's no re- reality in that. You know. Um, I think you should do something in the business hours, nine to five. Something should be done there. Even though you've worked all night in the club or whatever, I still believe that you need, if you really want to make a name for yourself and you really want to be about the business of female impersonation, I don't think it should stop at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. I think you should be up at 9 to 5 doing something. If it's not nothing toward your business or your or your brand, Mm-hmm. You know, get you know, get a job, get a part time. You know, there's always something. To, I think the better business hours to me, you know, are from nine to five, and I think we lack that. You know, we sleep during the right. day and we play at night, and I just mm-hmm. feel like if we could ever re- get to that connection to to become day walkers, <laughs> you <know>? right <laughs> instead of night walkers, <laughs> you know, come out of hiding and you know get on. You know, of course you. You know, you're going to run into some stumbling blocks, but I just think we're invisible. I think we need reality. Okay. And and, for, and from that response, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jasmine. I didn't even cut you off. No, I just had a wake-up call in reality. And, and from, from that response, two words jump out at me, Pro, uh, productivity and responsibility. You know, we have to be productive, you know, in, in society in order to um, not be invisible. You know, and we have to be responsible, you know, take responsibility and of your own life. And it goes back to what you said earlier, you know, being in that, own, you know, your own lane, taking charge of your life and being responsible for it and doing things. So um, I love that. I, I love everything that you said. Um, and I do believe that. We need to, you know, bring the reality back to the business. Now, now, Jasmine, you've been a former Miss Florida, which is actually coming back this year, if, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, a former Miss Black America. And Miss Black Universe, just to name a few. 
I want you to tell me briefly about your Miss um, your win as Miss Florida. Um, who or what was the driving force behind you competing on the Miss Florida stage? Um, uh, once again, Florida. You know, I have a lot of following in Florida. Like most of my kids came from Florida. I have one or two here and there in other cities, but most of my fan base, most of my core. Like, when I want to get something done, Florida is where I go. You know, okay. if I need something, if Florida is, they're like home to me, you know. I always say I want to retire in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, winning Miss Florida was, um, at the time when I lived in Florida, Florida was bigger than Continental, you know. Mm-hmm. I heard Florida, that. Florida, you were... You know, wow, you you had made it. You know, girls have been doing that for years and years and years. And when it's the way the system is built up, you know, in our in our um, arena, you know, you have to keep battling. You know, you just can't, you know, do shows. You have to battle for mm-hmm. you to continue to stay booked and stuff like that. And at the time. You know the way the nightclub that where I worked at, they they wanted you to compete. They wanted you to keep your name out there, so they would give us money to compete, and you know they would back us up and sponsor us. So that's how I really got into Miss Florida. I was working at a nightclub that instilled in us to keep moving, to keep keep battling, keep you know keep competing, because that's where your your longevity was and keep getting your name on as many banners as you could. As you could. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I, I but remember. I had, no personal, I had no personal connection with the pageant. It was mostly business. You know? Just business. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, I remember that um, I, I, I never, I, you know, I was still in, I think, what, high school, I think, when you won, but I saw the, um, I saw the tape. I saw the tape. Um, Back in 2004 or five, and I just some things that I remember. I remember that I know Basha competed. I believe Erica Norell competed. Um, Electra um, competed. Um, I remember um, just jumping out because you know I'm a pageant. Oh, I just love pageants. But I remember you saying something to the young lady. I believe so. You were you were first runner up the previous year, correct? Yeah. Before you went, okay. And I remember you saying something to the young lady who. Um, I guess she was number thirteen that year or something, <laughs> and uh, and you came oh, back and yeah. told her that. <laughs> yeah, that was a horrible number. She was thirteen, and then I think I was thirteen the year I won. Right, right. So um, these are some little things. But I encourage all of um, everyone out there, you know, to to go and get so that did because you see the tape of me when I when I first went and got first runner up. Did you no, I've never seen that one. But see, that's the one you need to see because while we were waiting on tallying up the answers, they were like passing the mic around and all uh-huh. the lineups. And they, when they gave me the microphone, I they said, "Tell us about how you know this is your first time in Florida. They know you're from a small Tennessee or whatever." And when I picked, when I gave me the mic, I said, "Hello, everybody!" <laughs> and so the twang came I was, out. I was so country, and they kept running that over and over and over. The nightclub that I worked at, they ran mm. it over and over and over. They say, "This is what you sound like. You need to, you know, this is not what you want to sound like." <laughs> oh, that's oh. So yeah. I'll, I'll have to go back and um and get get those because I know they've now transferred them to DVD. So I, I definitely encourage anyone out there that loves pageants the way that I do to definitely get you some Miss Florida tapes 
um, or DVDs because they are, I mean, the girls really, really brought it. They really brought it. Props, and I think you had the big wings and, and all of that. Oh, my God, it was just, it was amazing. As Miss Florida, um, what do you remember most about your particular rain? Oh, I had a horrible rain. <laughs> mm, why was it horrible? That was, I, that was the worst rain I've ever done. Um, I was—I don't know how this is going to go, but this is how I felt. I just felt I really won the pageant. It was no way they could deny the little black girl, mm-hmm. and they really didn't want a black girl. You know, they mm-hmm. just didn't want a black girl at the time, but. I guess they just, the way I won, they I guess they had to crown me, I guess. I don't know. But a lot of bookings, Heather Fontaine booked herself in my place. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of places didn't want me. They wanted Heather Fontaine again, and they mm-hmm. said she had the option. You know, it was just a lot of, wow. uh, I didn't work that much at Miss Florida. I really, I think I went on one or two bookings. Heather Fontaine went on all my bookings. No. And, yeah, it was horrible. You know, I don't have no hard feelings against nobody or nothing. Right. Those owners have all passed on, and, you know, they're all doing, you know, different things now. There's totally new owners on everything. But I just don't feel at the time, you know, that they really wanted me, I guess, so say. You know, I think they had a lot of uh, unworked business with Heather Fontaine, and I think she just, was easier for them to, you know, to go back around the second time for me. Gotcha. He did. Okay. Now I remember you you um you asked me, you said don't hold anything back. You know, when we spoke a couple of weeks back, you said don't <laughs> hold anything back. So um I, I think this you know, this is something a, a rumor that I that I've heard and I want you to address it. Um but I don't think it's too bad, but I definitely want you to address it. But let's talk N B U for just a second. Um as I said earlier, you know, I was inadvertently introduced to the NBU system, which I love, um, by your mere presence the night you won. But there was a rumor um, and that has circulated over the years, and, and I think it's best, you know, it's the, this is the best time, honestly, to squash it, um, that you weren't the favorite girl to win on that night. So I want you to um, just answer, was that, is that any truth, or is there any truth to that particular rumor that you really weren't the favorite girl, you just so happened to win? NBU? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 we talked about it, and okay. um, even um, uh, what's his name, Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, he even came to me and told me he did he didn't want me. Mm-hmm. He said he loved me. He loved you know everything I've done and everything, but he didn't want to. But he thought I was boring. He thought I was beautiful to watch, but boring. I wouldn't do nothing for the system. I wasn't gonna mingle, as he called it. I wasn't mm-hmm. gonna do. You know, I wasn't going to do the things that, you know, he wanted a queen that was going to get in the trenches. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he wanted that type of queen. That's, you know, that's the network that he wanted. And he didn't feel that I was good for that. And he didn't want me. And plus, I had lost so much weight. You know, I think I was like 101 pounds, something like mm-hmm. that. I won. Everybody thought I was, you know, going to die. <laughs> right. Thought I was, you know. So they didn't want me for that reason too, you know. They didn't know how how I stood health wise, and um, they just thought maybe it just wasn't a good timing. But after I came through, and those my dancers held me up the whole way. Oh yes, they you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> how, 
how how um you know with, I, I believe you won ta- well I know you won talent and, and, and question and answer I believe those are the two categories um you were crowned Miss Black Universe uh, how did you truly feel after walking away with the title Oh God you have no idea I have put everything into into it like mm-hmm. if we hadn't won I was basically going to be looking for another apartment I was going to you know lights was going to be cut off and stuff like that. We were in that type of situation because when you're in it so far, you can't you can't half do it. You know what I mean? You know, you're right. So we gave everything, you know. We were so close to it that, you know, okay, you need an extra $300. Okay, this is, you know, this is what we got to do. And when I won, it was such a relief because I knew for another year that I had a check monthly, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I have to, to worry about, you know, whether we're, you know, we're going to be okay because at the time um, I wasn't able to really work. I was really, you know, really, really, really sick. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just came at a at a good time. So when I won, I was relieved that it was, it was over and that we had accomplishment as a, you know, as a team and as, mm-hmm. as a family because we did everything from my my apartment in the basement, in the basement of my apartment, most of the time with me laying on the couch, you know, literally laying on the couch and kids came and rehearsed that talent, and then when they needed me, they would pick me up and put me on their shoulders and walk me through. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, you had a great team. You had a great team, and and I – that's one thing that I've, I've always heard about you, you know, um, coming up was that you've always had, you know, and, and when you talk about Florida, you know, it kind of resonated because that's all I've always heard, that you always had a, a team behind you that, that kind of just, you know, pushes. They wanted it uh, for you just as much, you know. And when you have a team behind you, a great team, um, you can you can push forward. And I've seen over the years that, you know, ladies, you know, there's no names. I don't have to name names or anything like that, but just in the industry period, you know, mainstream, black, or whatever, that um, it seems like the ones who have a team behind them that truly are, are, want that just as bad as that contestant are the ones who come out on top and the ones who just have, you know, backup dancers who are just there for the checks or whatever and not really wanting to walk alongside the journey with you. You know, it, it doesn't you, – you can tell. It, it's not as authentic, you know. So um, you can definitely tell, and, and one thing that I love, and I'm sure everyone has seen, but if you haven't seen it, it is on YouTube. I ended up putting, I ended up putting it back on YouTube because I think someone they took it off for some other reason. But your talent, so so who choreographed and who designed that talent? Who thought of it? Uh, the talent, big time. Uh, big time was given to me by Tasha Long, actually. Okay. All right, yeah. Tasha. <laughs> she, she had done it. And she said, "JB." She said, you know, now, girl, i done it, but <laughs> I, you would you would do good at this. So she, she passed it on to me. And I, I love the song. The song really, you know, had meaning. I do good with stuff with meaning. With and meaning. I let my choreographer, well, the person who choreographed it was, um, Lord, Gary Starr, if anybody knows Gary. And, and he, and he, he Wachovia Starr, right? Used to be Wachovia Star. Mm-hmm. Wachovia um, has we been the Bonet and the Star family has been real close for years. You know, I'll, since far way back to the early late eighties. So Wachovia, Wachovia Gary has always been in my corner. So when I gave it to him, 
He said, no more, I got it. You don't have to You don't have to think about it. And I just told him I want to tell a story. I'm not trying to do eight counts, you know, a whole bunch right. of Right. <laughs> I like to tell a story. So when uh, we got together and he came and showed me what he had worked with, I loved it. And, you know, because we tweaked here and there, and it changed a couple of times during that six months. But um, I was more so pleased with the talent than any other talent that I've ever done, you know. Mm-hmm. That range springs because of the people that right. Bring, you know, because I've had dancers to come and follow my and they said, like, you know, this is mm. what we're gonna do. So they were like, this. You know, I lost a couple, you know, because they didn't see the vision. But right. know, the people that were there were not there only just to win. They were there for me, you know, yeah. physically. You know, they were right. there for me. Wow. And that's, you know, when, when they – I used to do polls when Carrie Fairfield was around, and I, I, I know someone did it maybe a couple of years ago, maybe about a year or so ago. They did polls, like, what's the, the most memorable, you know, talent um, in black pageantry? And, and yours was always, like, number one. You know, that's the one that sticks out the most. So um, thank you to Tasha. Thank you to Wachovia Star and Gary. And also thank you to you because um, if it were not for you, we wouldn't really we wouldn't have seen it. So thank you as well, Jasmine. Um, before we move on um, to some other items, I just want to um, because I don't really know of any more. But is there any rumors that you've heard of yourself that you would just like to put to rest? And if not, we can move on. Mm. A lot of people think I'm HIV positive, but I'm okay. Not. Okay. <laughs> Better than or nothing like right, that. Right, most definitely. I've been in the clinic with you know with different people, you know, mm-hmm. when other people didn't want to go to the clinic, I went for them, you know. Right. With you know, with everybody else, I had nothing, you know, nothing but the grace of God, you know, that I'm, you know, I'm still here, and uh, that's just been always a little rumor that kind of traveled around, but um, I think that's it. And I, people think I had a nose job. No, I've never had a nose job. This nose has always been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I always tell people, I always want a nose implant. I wanted a bigger nose. Oh, so no. I, I would have had put a nose on top of my nose. Oh, but, no. Um, I think you know this nose is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess okay. that's much it. Okay. But... So the rumors are put to rest, um, and, and we're going to move on. I recently saw, from my own eyes, that you've been entertaining the idea of going back to Continental eventually. So let's talk about that for a second because, as you know, I love the system to death. I really do. Um, it's always, in my eyes and a few others, that you clearly win the pageant preliminary night. And then it feels like with changes that you decide to make or your your group decide to make, it costs you out of the top five spot or even the pageant. <laughs> And again, this is you know just coming from as a spectator. Um, but why, um, why let's say having the, like let's say the last two times of you competing, you chose to deviate from a winning package? I'll start there. Okay. Keep it short because you're. I see now you're a short person. Um, <laughs> first, first, first night is sponsored. First night, your sponsors allow allow you to do what you want to do. That's your night. Okay. I always make all my stuff on first night. I always do all my little things on first night myself, you know. Then 
bridal night is sponsor's night, and then they take over. Your puppy. Mm. That's what I've been dealing with, with those types of sponsors, you know, for the last couple of times that I've ran. I've always ended up with sponsors that would give me first night, but the payoff for first night, for me doing myself first night, I have to do everything they want me to do on second night. Mm. Yeah. Wow, never knew. I mean, I, I never knew that, you know, as far as, like, behind the scenes that some, some promoters or sponsors, um, well, well, if well, let me let me go back. Would that, when you say sponsor, would that be the promoter or would that just be that people that are just, you know, putting into or throwing into your to your dream or your package? People that prelim owners, okay. you know, the, the owner most of the time who um, is paying for your package that is. Gotcha. Sponsoring you, you know, they help. They dangle money. If you want to, you know, you want to be in the pageant, you you can do first night. But second night, we have to, you know, it's what I want to do second night. It's, it's what they say. You're gonna make you're gonna make the cut anyway. So you could do you could whistle Dixie in the first, <laughs> night, the first night. Okay. So you're gonna make it on your name. So we're gonna we're gonna we'll let you do play. You know, we'll let you play with first night, and then second night we'll do and. It's always been every time when I do myself. Mm-hmm. I just, that's just what it's been. And then second night, I'm a puppet. <laughs> well, no more puppets. So I want to ask you this question: <laughs> When you return, okay, whatever year that will be, um, what will you do differently than previous years? I'm gonna do what I want to do. Okay. I'm gonna do what I want to do. I hate. You know, I hate to be like that, but I think I've learned from the last times I've been there. Mm-hmm. That if you don't do what you want to do, there's no sense of you being there. That's right. So I always try to be nice and be like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I'll try it. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I would, you know, why would I want to wear a gown with a hundred um, yards of fabric in it when all they really want to see is a certain gown on me? You know, I knew that. I knew. Yeah. Parents always say there's a, you know, there's logic to this. You know, mm-hmm. you can, to the simple logic, you can you can win it. You know, you know the logic, but what ha- you know, he always tell me that. So now I know, I know, I've been through the logic, but I'm going to be me and be myself. You know, and if you can't deal with that, then you're just not the person that needs to be on my team. You know, I what? guess the diva. Uh huh. And just you know, if I want to get this accomplished, I'm gonna to have to do something that I have not been doing, and I have not been doing that second night. Second night has just been literally, you know, they dress me, they do, they tell me what to do, and then I do it, and it okay. does not work. So, well, I wish you. Um, I'm going to do me. <laughs> and and and, and, and lose, I'll be doing what I want to do. So right, and 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 I believe that the young ladies. And young men, when it comes down to Mr. Continental, I definitely believe that the ones who truly, you know, if they come back time after time after time, and having spoken to a few of them, you know, it's like when they win, it's like I did what I wanted to do. I didn't listen to nobody else. I just did what I wanted to do. And I, I you know, I kind of get that advice. I don't compete, but you know, I've, I've watched, I've judged, I've done all this kind of stuff, and I always tell people, you know, why are you? Why would you want someone to give you a gown or give you a sportswear or give you, give you whatever? It may not even be your taste, but then when you come on stage, you know, you're not modeling. You can tell that it's just not you, you know, but the, the minute you put on something that you created or you designed or you picked out or you paid for, you know, there's a difference there. There's a confidence that's yeah. there. 
you know. So um, I want to wish you the best of luck, you know, when it comes when it comes your time to shine again on the continental stage. So I wanted to um, I wanted to ask you that question, um, Jasmine. I remember I guess it was maybe 2005. You can kind of um, tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, so that's almost 10 years ago. Um, you worked, I believe, for like a private institution or a school in DeKalb or Fulton County, one of the two. And um, it was you taught grade school kids, is that correct? Yeah, third grade. Third grade. Um, the the newer generation may not have even known, um, you know, what what happened or whatever. But you know, briefly, what happened during that time of you working with the um, like you said, I did, I'm not a dummy. I'm gonna come off as a dummy, but. You know, I don't know. And um, I did want to further my education. But my mm-hmm. minor, my major was mass communication, but I'm minor in elementary elementary education. Okay. So I was going to um, a church, a particular church, and I met a guy who, and um, we had to fill out a little, you know, memos or whatever for the church and uh, bios. And he read that I had, you know, elementary education, make a long story short. He said, I know some jobs that you would be, you should be interested in. You know, you should start substituting. You know, you should, you're, you're very, you know, you're passable. You shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't limit yourself. And I was like, wow. I Because I really never wanted to kind of, you know, I knew the transition would, would be a problem with some people, you mm-hmm. know, with their children. You know, I, regardless who you are, what you are, I just feel like the transition kind of throws a, you know, kind of puts a, a little damper on what you're, you know, when you're dealing with people's children. But um, anyway, I went in for an interview. I got the job. They got me all certified, and you know I had to finish up some courses to be a, a legal teacher's that you know teacher's assistant. Mm-hmm. And um, I did that, and I was there. I had been working there about a year. About a, oh about wow! A year. Yeah. Okay. And um, when I started to uh, when I got to a home based school after. Uh, substituting for about a year, I was eventually put in DeKalb County. I schooled in DeKalb County. I loved it. I taught third grade reading. I really, 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 really loved it. The kids loved it. They called me Beyonce. Oh. <laughs> yes, they called me Beyonce. Um, and they loved me. They loved me. I would give out gifts. We would just do talent shows and stuff. So I really had a good time. But um, when I got ready to, to take my um, my kids out to recess. I would no no shades no, but I would see sisters out in the parking lot or at the at the fence snapping their fingers. I'm like, yes, ma'am. They said you was teaching. Oh <laughs> you no, know, yes, ma'am. They said you were teaching. So that happened a couple of times, and I'm like, okay. So I would take my students and we'll go back in, and you know after you know. That happened for a couple of months. The principal came to me and said, "Gentlemen, I think we may have missed. We need, mm. to, uh, we need to interview again, and you know, not that we're gonna, you know, nothing like that." But uh, they brought me in, and they said that they had been getting phone calls that they know they had a, a man out there posing a woman, mm. their children, and and they just were like, "Who? You know who?" And I guess they told them my name or whatever. And eventually, because of um, all the calls and the people coming, and right. so the, they eventually let me go. And I was fired. You know, I was asked to leave. Um, I had to, you had 
work, you know, when you teach, you get paid every two weeks and sometimes every month, you know, mm-hmm. once a month. And they let me work a whole month and didn't, you know, they didn't even pay me. So they left me hanging, you know. They oh, wow. Me. Yeah. And I packed my little stuff up, got my desk, you know, packed my little things up. And uh, before I got home, um, Channel Tom Jones, Channel News was calling my phone wanting to know what happened. And they had heard about my story. A teacher was fired. Da, 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 da. Monica Coughlin called me. Uh, she said that she knew she heard about the story as well, and she wanted to send somebody down there to talk to me to, to get my side of the story. And Tom Jones, them showed up. I was a mess. My hair was standing up. <laughs> and, you know, I'm living in West End at the time, you know, you know, kind of ghetto. And they had their truck out there and the boomers and Channel 2 News and all that, and the drug dealers was looking and, you know, it was just right. Like what's going on? And I had my nieces, my little twin nieces that used to come with. They come see me every summer, so they were there that summer. It happened on the summer. Oh, okay. And um, after the the um, the interview ran on television, I think like for three days or something like uh-huh. that. Everywhere we went, so we happened to go to the grocery store at the time. And everybody was coming up to me, talking about, oh, my God, I can't believe they've done you like that. And the little twins were like, get away. She just got fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so cute. But then I, didn't have, I had a bag of taters and a pack of hot dogs. I believe, and this is honest, a bag of taters and a pack of hot dogs. And the manager in there told me, he said, go get what you need. He said, it's on me. And no. I wow, that's a blessing, you know, so... That's yeah, I re- what happened? <laughs> what, what, did you, what did you learn from that experience, or what did it teach you? It taught me to to be myself, mm-hmm. and even though you may leave out some information, you are responsible to be true to who you are. You know, that is my credo from now on, to thy own self be true. And that taught me that regardless of what you want people to believe, you want them to be, you want them to know the truth. Whatever your truth is, you know, mm-hmm. that's who you are. That's, that's your truth. That's you know, fine. that's why I say, you know, from now on, that will be laid on the table. There will be no, you know, when I go to the doctor now, it's no playing around. This is what it is. You this know, because it's serious. Is. The job is serious. I didn't know how serious those people take hiring, you know, Hard, even though I know I'm not a bad person, they don't know that I'm not a bad person. You know right. what I mean? So you have to lay everything on the table. You have to be, you know, not that I was lying. I just answered the question. You know what I mean? Right. So from that point on, what I learned is to thy own self be true. Yeah, I, um, I, I'll um, say this real quick. I remember... Um, when it came on, I remember where I was living and everything. So I, I know this had to, it was, it had to have been 2005. But I remember when it came on the news and, and all of that. And I mean, I've already been to the shows and all that, of course. I've already been into the lifestyle at that point. But I said, oh my God, that's Jasmine. Oh my God. And I remember, you know, we still had VCR, so I recorded, because like you said, it was on there. It was on the 6 o'clock news, the 10 o'clock news, whatever. So I recorded it. And then I said to myself, now, if she, I don't care if she did get fired. If she can go out there and teach, if she can go out there and have a real job or whatever, everybody else can too, you know. And that's kind of what you know. I, I and and I just didn't think I didn't 
you know, I felt like you were a trailblazer for the trans women, but you were just a trailblazer, period, you know. Um, and and I, I just said, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from, your background, whatever, you know. You can be whatever you want to be. And having seen you on TV, I just knew that, you know, for anyone that was struggling with being a trans woman or whatever, that you can still be that teacher, you can still be that doctor, you can still be whatever you want to be. You, you might have a little a, a rockier role, but at the end of the day, you can, you know, still be what you want to be. So um, we appreciate that. And I, I just wanted you to share that story, to, especially to those that did not know about that. Um, Jasmine, what are your beliefs as it relates to church and the gay lifestyle? Oh, I believe that people are born all type of ways. Uh, when men fell from grace, you know, that op- that opened the door to so many things. You know, we're, the Bible said we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Let's just know that we're born, you know, you know, messed up. You know, all mm-hmm. kinds of, you know, there are people with five arms and you know, just all type of stuff, you know, we are born. And I don't, I believe that, you know, whatever you are, whatever your situation is, is that if you put, you know, believe in something higher than yourself mm-hmm. and it seems that, you know, even though we are what we are, we still have the responsibility to be holy, you know. Right. Laws and other land is that, you know, you can get married now. You know, if yeah. you want if you you know if you if you find yourself in this situation if you're homosexual or gay or whatever and you want to do it right that there those doors are open now for you to do it right you know mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't I don't believe that you know just because you're gay you you can say oh I'm gay so I can just you know you know that's all it is you know you just sleep around what you want to do you know just whatever whatever no if you really want to be rewrite and live right mm-hmm. get married. Those doors yeah. are open to do that. So I believe that you just need to, to love yourself enough to respect yourself and your body and your partner and mm-hmm. your family because whatever you do, you know, has a re- reflection to your family. Yes, it, yes, if, it does. If we keep those keep those things instilled into our in our life, then being gay is just something to say more so than to be. And and one thing, something I just wrote down, just, you know, I, I love to listen to you. I can listen to you all day. But one thing that um, that just spoke out to me um, from what you said is basically live in respect, live in truth, and live in love. So I think those are, you know, pretty much what you say, you know, respect yourself, respect your family, you know, live in your truth, you know, be who you are, you know, and don't be afraid of that, and live in love, embrace it, love each other, you know, and, and, and life will be so much better if we all did that as a community. Um, so thank you. Um, you are truly an inspiration to many. I can't say that enough, and, and people probably can't say that enough, but young and, to the young and the mature. I'm not going to say old, but the young and, and the mature. Oh, <laughs> um, each time that you step on the stage to entertain or compete, people are still in awe of your beauty inside and out. So the last few years, you coined the slogan or phrase, I'm still here. Yeah. And as we see, you're still here. But I want you to tell us the meaning behind the phrase that you use quite often, I'm still here. That song is just, it just, it rings, it just rings so deep because I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Come, come through father leaving me, leaving our family when we were three, when 
I was three years old. So my mother um, having to do and make ways for children, you know, I, you know, and living in the projects and uh, being beat up and hassled and, you know, then going on to life and being rolled around with love and sometimes beat up through love and to bury a husband or a partner and see what the life literally leaves his body. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. I'm still here. It's nothing but the grace of God that I'm still here. Some of the choices that I made sometimes didn't look right, didn't feel right. You know, you know. I spoke about you know the bullets came my way. You know, mm-hmm. I've been in situations where you know you just you just find yourself in situations, but yet and still through it all, through all the hurt, the pain, sickness, sadness, I am. Still here, and that yes, means if you're still here today, God is not through with you. There's something else that you need to do. There's somebody that you need to reach. There's something that needs to be done that only you can do. So, so be empowered with just being here, regardless of your situation. You're still here. Most definitely, yeah. I I always um I, I say this, Jasmine, that you know, with every situation or experience. Um, you're going to have a trial. You're going to have tribulations. Um, but at the end of the day, there's going to be a triumph, you know. So you can't wallow or worry, you know, for too long because eventually you will have that triumph. So I, I think we all knew, or for the most of us, you know, knew exactly what you meant that, that we're still here and, um, and that you're still here, you know. Um, and so I, every time I hear that, it's just like, and of course I'm sure you heard it in the very beginning. I was like, I wonder what Jazz is going to say. <laughs> I was like, I wonder what she's going to think. I'm not trying to make her cry at the very beginning. But, uh, yeah, I was. I tried to come through it, but wow, that uh, got me. Yeah, um, but, but I, I, and I want you to continue saying that. I want people to realize that, you know, every day is not promised, you know, and, and you've spoken about it many times before when you got the mic, you know, that, you know, every day is not promised. Tomorrow, the next 50 seconds is not, you know, promised to us, you know, but if we are able to wake up the next day, um, we can just say I'm still here and, and make that day an even better day than the previous. So um, thank you. And, I, and, and that came from that came from Roger. Roger um, wanted to ask. So. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I was thinking about asking her that, so I'm going to ask her. Um, but, Jess, I'm not going to hold you too much longer, but I do want to uh, – there's a game that I want to play, um, and I play with everyone. Um, so I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, give out – how many names do I have? I have four names. Okay, and um, I'm just going to say the name, and I want you to, to give me one word that comes to mind when you hear that name, okay, no matter what it is. <laughs> um, the first name is Gerald Stevens. Father. Okay, let me write that down. Okay, um, Naisha Dupree. Confidant. Okay. Stasha Sanchez. Okay. And Trey Reese. Love it. You want to know what I um I asked Sasha. I when I had the interview with Nicole and Sasha, I asked Sasha, you know, what was the first thing that came to mind um when she <laughs> when I said your name. She said, Crazy <laughs> But she was like, in a good way, not a bad way. Um 
So, so what are your what are some of your current short and long term goals for Jasmine? My short term goal is that um, I'll be graduation. I'll be graduating from um, cosmetology school in three months in October. I'll be walking across the stage okay. um, with fifteen hundred hours in sociology, anatomy, trichology of hair. So I'm very proud of myself that I have come through that. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I would be able to open a salon and uh, be able to work in a four-year or two-year university uh, on the anatomy of hair, teaching on the anatomy of hair. So that is my short-term goal. You know, I look to open my business within six months to a year after I graduate. Um, okay. My long-term goal is to... Uh, To retire from the industry okay. within about okay. six years. Um, you said about how many years? About five or six years. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, I want to win Continentals because I feel like when you go through this life, it's like a school. You know, each step is graduation at some point. And mm. I just feel like I'm, I'm already a senior, and there's, I just need to go get my diploma. And mm-hmm. in in this industry and in our community, you know, it is the the greatest of things to to be done. It's like being president, you know, mm-hmm. of, of the gay people. You know, being caught in the middle is literally like being president. That's what I, you know, accumulated. You know, right. Equivalent to, and I just feel like with. So much that the industry has given me and so many people who have believed in me all this time, I just think it would be a letdown or um, I'm just going to use letdown that I didn't go out and finish that, you know. I'm going one more good shot, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I believe that in my long-term goal that, Continental, whether it be the year I go back or maybe the next year after that or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that that is something that needs to happen. Okay. Those are my goals for the next five years. Do you do you have any um, thoughts or desires on having kids of your own? No. <laughs> okay. Is is that because you, you if have I had been if, when I was younger I always wanted to adopt and okay. still have a little girl, a little boy and mm-hmm. have something to to give back to and right. but Lord, I've had nieces and nephews and I think it was my own Right. now I have this little boy named Jackson, he's four years old. I don't have oh. him off and on since he was nine months old. Oh, and I don't okay. think I want any more children. Those are those are your kids. <laughs> Truly are my children. <laughs> Those are your kids. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, prior to tonight, I did ask that you prepare a personal credo, and you did tell me, you, you, you said it earlier on, and this is something new that I'm doing, um, and I did it last week with um, a few guys that I had on, one of them of which was your son, DeAndre. Um, but, you know, a credo is basically a statement or belief that you live by and you adhere to on a daily. Um, so I would love to hear yours, and we would love to hear yours again. And, um, of course, I'm not going to have, you know, uh, you do it, and I'm not, not give one. Um, so I'll let you tell. I'll let you say yours, and then I'll I'll say mine. Okay. I've just always believed through 
different circumstances in life that when you fail in this in what my credo is, that you've lost the purpose of even being. And I have come to the conclusion that to thy own self be true. And mm-hmm. that's in everything. Just be true in, in whoever you are, whatever you are in life, wherever you are in your life. Be true to that because that's where your strength is. You know, I've been mm-hmm. hired just because I was what I was. You know, and right. if I had lied if I was anything else, they probably wouldn't have wanted me. So there, right. are, there are people, there are blessings that are connected with who you are in your truth. Thank you so very much. And and also, before I say mine, I want to um, tell the listeners out there that if you do, I I would love to hear different people's personal um, credos because I think, like, when I researched and I I thought about doing it, I said, you know, it challenges you to think about what you you truly stand for in life and, and what is your roadmap, you know. And so I challenge those, and I'll challenge them on Facebook to, you know, give me your personal credos tomorrow, and I'll do a post on all of that. But um, for me, um, mine just simply says, you know, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, and I understand that I am the co-creator of everything that I experience in life. I take complete responsibility of my life, and I intend to live it consciously with courage and conviction so that I, so, excuse me, so that I walk my talk and help someone see how glorious and special we all truly are. So that's my um, that's my personal credo. Um, so, Jasmine, last thing, is there anything that you would like to talk about or bring to the surface or that you would like to say to, um, to, the, to the LGBTQ community? Oh, wow. Um, I just love the things that we are doing in uh, in reality TV, and, mm-hmm. you know, in all of television production, behind the scenes, and hair and makeup and costume, and we're so talented. We are much more talented than than we believe, than we know we are. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say to our community that I applaud that, and I am proud now to be who I am because of how y'all make me look. Y'all make me look. <laughs> so good, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody loves, the, you know, the girls, you know. And I just want to say to our community is to ride on that and to embrace that. Stop trying to be something you're not. Just be you, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, they are opening the doors for us to do makeup and hair and television and radio and all that type of stuff. These doors are opening our swinging doors, and there's no competition. That's there's right. no competition out there. For you, God empowered you with that. For everything that was taken from us, God gave us those powers that we we can we use those powers to make it in life. Those are our resources. So if you having problems in life and you don't and you haven't just you know resort back to things that you didn't really want to do in life, pick up the power that God has given you and go out in that force because there's no there's no competition. You know there's no competition and be who you are. Say who you are and where you come from and what you stand for and who and who you come from, who's your people, who your background is. Stop right. trying to be I'm Miss Thing and I'm I'm amazing Sanchez and all you know, not trying to be nothing like that, but right. I'll just use the name, you know. Be who you are, you know, yeah, I came from so and so, so and so and this is what I do and da 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 because that's where our power is. And I think as a community and as a whole we can. Our numbers will start to triple 
and we will stop being invisible because Obama has opened doors for us, and we don't know how much longer we have for these doors to be open. So I would say to my community to go out and embrace that, take take charge of, of the gifts that God has given you. And I, I want to say personally, Jasmine, that, and I'm not going to get teary-eyed, but I just want to <laughs> I, I just I want to personally thank you um, for uh, reaching out and just being very supportive because I will go on record and say the people that I thought would support the project and, and what I'm trying to give back because, as I said in my very first episode, this show was not for me because I've always been a background person, you know, well, in my in my adulthood, in my in my you know, key years, childhood, I was always on the front, always on the stage. But then I wanted to take a back seat because I loved the, the behind the scenes. And then upon me moving from Atlanta and moving to D.C., um, I wanted to start honing in on what I thought was my passion or what I thought that I was very good at. But at the same time, I wanted to be able to give back to our community and allow the community to shine all at one time because, as you say, we're a talented group of individuals. So that is my purpose in life. And I just want to personally thank you, and I can't thank you enough, for just reaching out to me, you know, out of the blue and just saying how supportive you you were or are of me and pushing me because there were times, you know, I would say between you and Miss Sophia, you know, there were times when I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if people are getting it. I don't know if, you know, but I just want to say thank you so very much because of you and Sophia and there's just a few others that have supported me from day one um, that continue to push me, you know, and, and make me want to do exactly what I think that I'm called to do at this at this point in my life. So thank you, thank you so very much. I really appreciate your support. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you are doing, I really feel that you are doing what you were ordained to do. You know, there's not mm-hmm. many people. I've been called to do a, a couple of things here and there, but a lot of things that I don't do because I don't, it's not, I don't feel it. Right. But for some reason, I, I watch people. You know, you know, when people, your bios are on your, uh, on your profile for a reason. Those are to be read. You know, mm-hmm. many people don't read those. I read those. I really mm-hmm. take, I take people in general, very seriously. If you want to be part of my circle, for whatever reason, I'm I'm investigating you. You're no longer just a, a fan. You're, you make me consider a potential um, peer, you know, with right. me. So I've, I've watched you. I've watched your posts and the things that you touch and the things that you bring to life and, you know, your page and, and you know, some of the things that you say, the, the words that you, that you use. I know that you are serious about what you are doing and that yes, you really yeah. care about the, our people. And yes, I, I think from from me just watching you that you are bound for greatness, really. You know, if you need me, I'm there, whatever, you know, whatever you need me to do. But I see you on, I see, I told you a long time ago, Phil Donahue, avoid yeah. COVID, move, move yeah. over. Right. <laughs> uh, I, Miko, could you? I think you can do it. You know, I've walked with some of the greats. I told Tyler Perry in the beginning. I said, Tyler Perry, you you've got it. You can do it. You know, uh, I've talked just to name a few people, but you have the same quality. Of you really, you you've got it. Just know that you've got it, and we're waiting on you. Whatever you need our community to do, we're going to back you up. We want a studio. Can we get a studio? Okay, can we get a studio? <laughs> it's time for a studio. Yeah, it's time thank for you. A studio. What we need to do? Fish fry, barbecue. Okay. Yeah, well, we go. 
we're gonna we're gonna get it going, and I have a, a team um, behind me that um, that I'm pushing and that that are pushing me, and um, definitely Jasmine, I'll be reaching out to you. Um, and again, I thank right. you so much. I, I really do. And if you can, um, just hold the line for me because the closing is about to happen, and then. Um, after that, you know, me and you will go offline and finish up um, what we need to do. So, um, listeners, if you're out there, I thank you for listening, and I want you to share because I will tag Jasmine and everybody in the post so they can share to their friends and listen to it on iTunes, hipcast.com, as well as Blog Talk Radio. Um, so, Jasmine, if you can just hold the line for me, I'm going to allow the closing to play, and then we'll be done. Well, that's it for tonight's show. I want to thank the lovely and iconic Jasmine Bonet for spending just a little time with me for the greatly anticipated Coffee Talk. I want to wish Jasmine the very best of luck in all of her future endeavors, and I speak for the entire community when I say we are glad that you are still here. As you know, I like to leave you with a quote of the week. So here's this week's quote. Make the rest of your life the best of your life. Once again, make the rest of your life the best of your life. And until next time, you all be blessed.